0: morning welcome to church this morning it is good to be together as God's people this morning and uh, if you're visiting with us I want to say welcome Uh, we're really glad that you're here with us and we hope that you're encouraged by God's word today Uh, if you don't know me I'm Josh I'm one of the ministers here at St John's as we begin this morning's service let me read to us from Psalm 147 here's what it says Praise the Lord for it is good to sing praises to our God for it is pleasant and a song of praise is fitting The Lord builds up Jerusalem he gathers the outcasts of Israel he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds He determines the numbers of the stars he gives them all he gives to all of them their names Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody to our God on the lyre. He covers the heavens with clouds. He prepares rain for the earth and makes grass grow on the hills. He gives to the beasts their food and to the young ravens a cry. His delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor his pleasure in the legs of a man, but the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his steadfast love. This morning we are here together as people who fear God, who hope in his steadfast love. We're here to sing his praises, to hear from his word, to be reminded of all that he's done for us in Jesus. We have so many reasons to praise our God together this morning. You could say we have 10,000 reasons, or perhaps even more. You can groan at that, that's okay. So let's stand and let's sing together, let's sing 10,000 reasons to praise our God. Sega seat. Our God is worthy of praise and adoration, and yet as we stop and as we see how great our God is, we also see how far we fall short. So it's fitting now for us to pray, to praise God, and to confess our sins. Keith's going to come and pray for us. Thanks, Keith. Good
1: morning, everyone. Uh, today we're going to be looking at Paul's words at the end of chapter 1 in Colossians, so I thought I'd lead us in prayer based on Paul's great prayer at the start of that chapter. Uh, So let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we do indeed have so many reasons to give you thanks and praise. We praise you for your Son, the Lord Jesus. In him and through him and for him you created everything that exists. From all that we see before us with our own eyes to the farthest reaches of the universe and the unseen spiritual powers and authorities, all of them owe their existence and their allegiance to him. Father, through him you created us. We owe him our praise and our obedience, but we confess that we haven't given them. Instead, in our sin, we've been hostile to him. We've lived lives filled with evil deeds, sinning against you and so sinning against others. Father, we've failed to fulfil the greatest commandments. We haven't loved you with our whole heart. and We haven't loved our neighbour as ourselves. And so we've alienated ourselves from you. Father, we repent and we're sorry for our sin. And we praise you that Jesus isn't only the firstborn of creation, but is the firstborn from the dead. Thanks that in his death on the cross, we have the assurance that you've fully and freely forgiven us, that we have now been reconciled to you and that his blood washes us clean so that now he presents us holy and blameless before you. Thank you for the hope that Jesus gives us in his death and resurrection. And so, Father, we pray as people who have been redeemed and reconciled to you by your Son that you would fill us with the knowledge of your will. Fill us with the wisdom and understanding that your Holy Spirit gives so that we would know what pleases you and so put it into practice in our lives. Help us withstand the temptations that surround us and even come from within us and instead turn our hearts and minds to what pleases you. As we grow in that knowledge, help us to live it out, living lives that are entirely pleasing to the Lord Jesus. Help us to honour him in our thoughts, our words and our actions. Help us to bear fruit in good works. You've redeemed us to do good works in your name. Help us to do them in a way that brings honour and glory to you. Help us grow more and more in our knowledge of you. Make us people dedicated to knowing you in your word and let that compel us to more and more obedience. Father, please strengthen us for great endurance and patience. Help us to be people of stamina, resisting the pull of temptation and helping us hold fast to you when we suffer for being known as followers of Jesus. And finally, Father, help us to be continually full of thanks to you. We were living in the domain of darkness, alienated from you and full of hostility towards you. We deserve nothing but your wrath, and yet you've transferred us into the kingdom of your beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Father, how can we not be thankful to you? How can we not live lives that show we've been made new in Christ? And so we ask that by your Holy Spirit you would help us in all these things so that we might live lives that bring honour and glory to the Lord Jesus who saved us. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.
0: Thanks, Keith. It's a wonderful thing that our God forgives us, that he has sent his own son, Jesus, to take our punishment on the cross. And we're going to sing about that together now, not only how great our God is from creation, but how great it is that he would take our burden so we can be forgiven. Let's let's sing together, how great thou art. legacy. A few items of church family news to tell you what's going on in our church family over the coming weeks. Uh, First, I'd just like to say welcome if you're visiting with us this morning. I hope you feel welcome and encouraged and that uh, you'll leave feeling encouraged at the end of the service. Uh, If you would like to get to know us better and for us to get to know you better, um, please have a think about filling out one of these little blue cards. You'll find it around on the seat somewhere. That's a way for us to get to know you and for us to give you some more information about our church a couple of things to know about. I hope you got one of these uh, handouts on the way in. There are just a few things to note in the front there. Today is our Vision Sunday and so after the, straight after the service we'll be having a short meeting together as a congregation to discuss our mission, values and vision that we've worked on over the last 12 months uh, and that's a chance for us to discuss that and hopefully to commit to that together. Uh, and straight after that uh, we'll be having, uh, there be a light morning tea but the main event will be a barbecue lunch together that's a great chance for us to celebrate what God has done amongst us over the last year and also to look forward together to the next three years and what God's going to do so please do stick around for that everyone is welcome whether you're visiting or part of our church family St John's Kids is back on again this morning. Good news, kids. Uh, and they'll be uh, straight after the kids talk. And uh, if you are normally part of Tea and Chat, there's just a note there that uh, the Tea and Chat group have accepted an, an invitation to attend a uh, Mother's Day luncheon on the Friday the 6th of May at 10.30. Uh, there are some flyers in the foyer with information about that. And you can see Frances silly. She would love to tell you more about that. And uh, I do do believe you need to RSVP is that right Francis? It would be a, a big help so please go and have a chat to Francis about that if you'd like to attend. Um, that's all in terms of church family news this morning. Uh, we've got a guest with us, um, Tiffany Spari from Base Services, has come to bring us our mission spot for this month. Would you like to come up front, Tiffany? And uh, and she's got some things to share with us about uh, Base Services and their ministry. I should make some space for you here, Tiffany. Should I? Oh.
2: Hey everyone, it's fantastic to be here today. Can everyone hear me? My microphone down. Okay, I'm not great with sound. I've got the smallest voice, so I really rely on this a lot. But it's fantastic to be here and it's a honour to work with our homeless and people. Ex- so I can from Base Services. Um, since 1993 we've been providing Support and assistance to people who are experiencing or at risk of homelessness in Toowoomba. And we do a variety of things. The main thing we do is a lunchtime meal, Monday to Friday. And people can get lunch, but they can also get a range of resources. So we hand out clothes, particularly in winter, it's really chilly, so people like. Um, warm jackets and stuff. We hand out blankets. We hand out food packs. We hand out shoes, socks, so many things. We also um, provide employment and training opportunities. A few years ago, we were actually reading the book of Ruth, and um, God talked to us about how they used to leave Boaz with leaves stuck to glean for the poor and so we thought wow that gives people dignity and we thought what would give people dignity? The opportunity to make their own meal and a meal for someone else. So rather than just serving people meals right now we offer certificate one in hospitality to people who are homeless or are at risk of homelessness. On Wednesday we started our 11th group of trainees, so we've trained a 165 trainees so far. Um, about halfway through doing that program we went, hey we can't put on 15 homeless people at a time, so now we go half homeless and half people with different barriers. And we've seen 66 people housed since 2017 through this program, because homelessness has many causes, but one of the most common causes, particularly at the moment, is a lack of affordable housing. And so when it comes, you just have to turn on the news or read the newspaper or maybe talk to someone you know who's maybe looking for a rental and they're like, I can't find anything, or maybe you've had your rent increase. And what happens is that At the moment, we're seeing the the face of homelessness rapidly change. Um, Since October 2020, we've really um, noticed that because lots of people are moving to South East Queensland because we're such a lovely spot. And so as more people want houses, more people are going for the same house. The average house in Toowoomba stays vacant for three days and one in 200 houses are vacant in the rental property. So we have a real shortage. And because there's a shortage, property prices are going up, so people are can't rent a place which is more than 30% of their income. And so if you're on a pension or a low income, even working, it can be really difficult. So that's a big issue we're seeing. And um, so we have people every day come and see us for help. And... Um, when we try and find people accommodation with another service, but when we can't, we hand up these things called backpack beds. Oh. I was yeah, you can hold it. Um, it's usually about 3 kgs, but I've actually put a lot of things in there at the moment. The kind of things we hand out, so we give out blankets. And uh, what we're finding is, now that we have so many people homeless, the other day I had three, last last Wednesday I had three families come and see me for help. And two families had were families of six, and one family was a family of eight. So, if you put that together, that's about 20 blankets I had to get them. And um, they were lucky enough to have family, they could stay with all by one family. Um, And so, they just took blankets home and to sleep on the floor. Another family was staying in a caravan park and they had no linen and because when you stay at a caravan park it's a weekly fee for linen so we gave out sheets and all that just to ease the cost. But they were paying about $700 a week to stay in a caravan park with shared toilet so when you have kids who love your kids to go to a shared toilet so it's really hard and that's the reality. People are facing if they don't have family or friends to stay with. Um, so, yeah, usually I open up, but I'm very aware of time, so I won't stay. Um, we give out food packs. Um, all our food packs are for people without kitchen facilities, so we think what can we put in a food pack which doesn't need refrigeration, cooking, or a can opener. And so we give out things like up and goes, muesli bars chips poppers baked beans tuna We I mean, yeah but a lot of these every day especially people sleeping rough or even in um these caravan parks or hotels where people are staying there's often no kitchen facilities there um, at the moment we're doing takeaway lunch so um that's been a huge increase in cost because we used to do eating in then covid happened and now we're getting more and more people Our place is pretty small, so um, yeah, that's a big need, and we give out about 200 backpack beds a year, they cost $110 each, and that's a huge need we have because with more people who are homeless, we're handing out more. Um, We also give our hiking products. Um, we put them in a plastic bag because there's nothing worse than having stuff leak over everything. We always give mini sizes because when you're homeless and carrying everything with you, don't want to be carrying big huge things. And yeah, we give out the backpack bed and about 200 of these a year, and they're waterproof. They're Australian made. And they just keep you dry. I don't know if it's ever happened to you, but I know a few times my kids have gone on school camps or something, or, and they've left the tail in the bag and it's grown mold over the holidays when I found it. And um, so this keeps people warm, dry, and just gives them some dignity because when you're homeless, often you don't want to be identified, so no one can identify who you are, so that's a bit about base services. Thank you for having me today, and really appreciate your support.
0: How can we pray for you, Tiffany?
2: Um, I suppose really pray just for our, for housing for our community, because we have a major crisis right now, and the answer is more accommodation. So if you can be praying for God just to make a way. Um, Yeah, and just like everyone, the cost of living is going up. So when we're paying for insurance, food, fuel, those basic things, um, just like everyone's bills are going up, so is ours, we're not funded. So we really um, depend on donations. So pray financially for base and that we'll just be able to give people dignity, love, care, and the hope of Jesus. Mm.
0: Thanks, yep. Tiffany. I might uh, lead us in prayer now for Tiffany and for the Work of Base services. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God who cares deeply for those who are in need. Father, we lift up to you now uh, the situation in Toowoomba with housing and particularly with those who are in need, those who are sleeping rough or at risk of sleeping rough. Father, we ask that you would provide more affordable accommodation in Toowoomba. We ask that you would free up places for people to stay. We ask, Lord, that you would provide, we don't know how, but that you would provide for people Father, we do thank you for the work of Tiffany and base Services. Thank you, Lord, for um, those 165 people who've been trained over the last year in hospitality. Thank you, Lord, for meals and for beds and for backpacks. Father, we ask, Lord, that they would continue that ministry, that 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 would continue to be an encouragement to those who are in need. And, Lord, there would be a way that they are pointed to the Lord Jesus. Father, we do pray for financial provision for the ministry-based of services. Lord, that you would provide donations and support so they can continue, even as the cost of, of running their ministry increases. Father, we pray your encouragement for Tiffany and for all the team. Lord, that you would sustain them and keep them as they go about this task. Thank you for your love for us. Please help us to be faithful and work hard in our love for others. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Tiffany. <clears throat> Uh, you may not uh, be aware, but uh, the mission spot that we have each month, uh, whatever is given towards mission during that month, so giving so that are put in an envelope that's labelled mission or direct debit that's labelled mission, goes towards that ministry for the month. And uh, the Committee of Management puts in a certain amount as well to, uh, to top that up to a basic amount. So um, I do encourage you uh, to consider giving towards mission and uh, consider continuing to pray for the ministry of base services as well Uh, at that point uh, we are going to take up our collection now this is for something, something for those who are our regular members here not something if you're a visitor with us please we're not trying to get your money please just let it pass you by and be our guest let's pray for our offering Heavenly Father, we thank you for your generosity to us and our opportunity to give back to you out of all that you've given. Father, we ask that what's been raised, what we've given would be used wisely for the sake of your kingdom, for the sake of proclaiming Jesus and loving others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Kids, time for our kids talk now. Would you like to come and sit up down the front? And, uh, and I've got something that I'm going to need someone's help with. Morning kids, how are you this morning? Are you ding or Bubba? bum? Ding! Ding! Oh, that's good. I'm really glad to hear that. Um, kids, I've got something to tell you about this morning, uh, but I'm going to need some help. I'm going, to need someone. I'm going to need someone who can read with a very big, loud, confident voice, because I've got a very important message I need everyone to hear. Would you give me a hand, Alan? Okay. Alright, now this is uh, a very important message uh, that everyone in our church needs to hear. So you need to read it out with a very loud voice. Can you do that? Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's great. And, and it's very important. It's quite an urgent message. Uh, so um, are, are you alright with that? Yes. Excellent. Okay, I think, I think you do a great job. Alright, can you read that out for us in a very big loud voice? For all have sinned. Ah, oh, Ella, that is great. I just swore something... I just thought of something. You know, actually, I've been meaning for a while to dust um, this table here. So I was, I was just wondering like, look, I know you're doing something important cut. And can you keep doing that? But could you just use the other hand to dust, dust that down for me? <laughs> <That'd be great. laughs> right. So can you dust this and can you read out the message for me? That would be great send and fall short of the... You're doing a really great... I'm sorry, Ella. I, I actually... You're doing a really great job there and that's looking really dusted, but I just thought of something else. I, I've been meaning for a while uh, to sweep the stage. Um, and so, look, I know it's going to be tricky, but maybe you could just pop that down there and um, you know, dust with one hand and sweep with the other. I don't have three. You don't have three hands. <laughs> No, no you say you probably can't do all those things together at once. Okay. But that's not even peeling the carrot that I had as well. <laughs> that requires two
2: hands. That
0: requires two hands. You could hold the paper in your toes and read and peel. Can you see them wearing shoes. Oh.
2: Yeah.
0: That is a really good point. Now, just hold on there for a second, because I will get you to do this important task. But kids, I wanted to point out to you, do you know, it can be really hard to do more than one thing at a time, can't it? And when there's a really important job that you have to do, it's very easy to get distracted with doing a whole bunch of other things. Things that might even be good things, like dusting down the... The, uh, the table here and sweeping the stage, although I don't know if that the is stage good. really means sweeping. It is carpet, that's right. Uh, it can be easy to be distracted by really important things, but then those no things stop us from doing the thing that's really important. Do you know what it is? Jesus has given us a task that is really important. Do you know what that really important task is that he's given us? Any ideas? What do you reckon, Charlie? Not sure? What are you reckon? To love him. To love him. That's exactly right. And, and to tell people something. To do things one by one. You do things one by one, yeah. And we've got a message to tell people. A message to tell people about Jesus and about what he's done for us. And it's very easy when we've got this very important message to tell everyone us to get distracted with doing other things, even things that are good. But those things might stop us from being able to do the really important thing. Is that what happened with Ellen? Could she read the message and sweep the, and do this at the same time? And peel the carrot? (laughs) No, she couldn't. But what happens when she focuses on her task? Could you read it out for us? And I promise I won't interrupt you
2: for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by His grace as a gift, through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a
0: propitiation
2: propitiation propitiation by His blood to be received to be received by faith Romans three twenty three verse
0: twenty five. Wonderful! Can we give our a shout? see how much easier it was when Ella was able to just focus on her task. And that was an important message that we needed to hear, an important message about Jesus and what he's done for us. Kids, we do have an important job to live for Jesus and love him, or excuse me, an important job to tell people about Jesus and what he's done. Let's not get distracted with all sorts of other things that might be good. That might stop us from telling people about Jesus. I'm going to pray. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for Jesus that he died for our sins and that we have this task of declaring him to others. Please help us not to be distracted but to keep focused and keep telling other people about Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we need to tell people about Jesus because he is number Oh, there's a song about that, isn't there? Yeah. Oh, why don't we stand out and sing it together? And if you are able, please stand with us. ready? <laughs> right the top. I still didn't get my carrot peeled so if there's any volunteers for later that's uh, no. let's, uh we're going to come to our God in prayer now let's pray Our Heavenly Father we thank you for your mercy and grace to us in Jesus thank you that although we were your enemies rebels against you facing your right judgement because of our sin you send your own son to suffer and die for us to rise in victory on the third day. Thank you that through him you've delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of your beloved son. Thank you that in him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. As full praise in Colossians, and as Keith prayed before, please work in us to grow us to live more and more as your people, saved by grace. Grow us to be more like Jesus. Fill us with the knowledge of your will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so we might walk in a manner worthy of you, that we might be fully pleasing to you in the way that we live and work and love others, that we might bear fruit in every good work and increase always in the knowledge of you. We know, Lord, that we will face suffering and trouble as we live for you in this fallen world. So please strengthen us with all your power for endurance and patience with joy, that even in suffering we might give thanks to you for all that you've done for us. We pray for our church family, Lord, for those who are sick and struggling at the moment. We pray for recovery for those who've had surgery, comfort and healing for those who are in hospital. We ask your sustaining and protection and care for those who are in isolation because of COVID. Thank you for those who have recovered from sickness. Please provide work for those who are looking and please help us to care for one another in love. We thank you for the work that you have done in us as a church family over the last 12 months as we have worked on our mission, values and vision so we can be clear about the tasks that you have set for us. As we discuss it today and hopefully commit to it together, please help us to be clear, to be faithful to your word and to be true to our church family. Please help us to carry out the things that we have planned. Finally, Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters around the world who are suffering for following you. We pray particularly for those who have connect- we have connections with in Africa. Please strengthen them to persevere to keep boldly proclaiming Jesus and to keep living for him. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to read from God's word now. We're going to read from Colossians, starting in chapter 1, verse 24. Keith's going to read to us. Thanks, Keith. Colossians 1, 24 to
1: 25. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, That their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery which is in Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments, for though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ.
0: Thanks, Keith. Let's ask for God's help as we look at this part of his word together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Please give us understanding. Please show us the task that you have given us in Christ Jesus so we might be clear on it and faithful to it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder, have you ever started a job only to find yourself doing another job hours later and uh, wondering how you got there? <laughs> For me, it normally goes something like this. I'm going to mow the lawn, so I go outside to get the lawn mower, And on my way, I walk past the veggie garden. Oh, there sure are a lot of weeds in our veggie garden. I better just pull those out. After forty-five minutes, I'm nearly finished weeding the veggie garden. When I notice the hedge next to the veggie garden, it's just a little bit overgrown. I better give the hedge a quick trim. Thirty minutes later, I spot all the stink beetles on our citrus tree. I've been meaning to deal with those. So I spend an hour pulling off the stink beetles one by one. And that's when I spot the weeds that are growing in the concrete. And so I get the poison to spray them, and all of a sudden, Jess comes out and says, if, asks if I'm ready for lunch. So much for the morning. I've spent the whole morning distracted doing other jobs, and I missed mowing the lawn. Maybe that's happened to you. I hope it's not just me. It's a little frustrating. But, you know, none of the things that I was doing were bad things to do. I just didn't get my main job done. And it doesn't really matter when it's mowing the lawn, but what if it was something really important? What if the job I was meant to do uh, had serious long-term consequences? Then getting distracted would be a very big deal. You can probably see where I'm going with this, right? You see, it's not just people like me who get distracted from what they're meant to be doing. It's the church, too. As God's people, the church, we've been given a mission. A mission that's important. A mission that's urgent. A mission that's a matter of life and death. Not just here and now, but eternal life and death. And yet it's all too easy for us to be distracted, isn't it? to be distracted by things that are good, but aren't our main mission. It's easy for us to spend all our time and energy taking care of administration or making sure the rosters are filled or getting the details of church services just right. it's not that we can't do these things or that they're bad things to do. We should do them. But we can't let them become the main thing. And that's why it's vital that we're crystal clear about the mission that Jesus has given us. It's why we need to keep reminding ourselves and each other about it. It's why we need to keep it front and center when we're making decisions, when we serve each other and we keep plugging away at living for Jesus in our homes and our workplaces and in our communities. It's why it's been worthwhile... I think, for us to work together over the last 12 months to be crystal clear about what this mission is. But thankfully, we're not left to figure this out on our own. Actually, we don't have to come up with this mission for ourselves because Jesus is the one who has given a mission to his people. and We need to pay close attention to what he says about it. And that's why I want to take a a few minutes now for us to look together at this part of Colossians because that's exactly what Paul is doing here. Paul spells out here exactly the tasks that God has given him as a minister of the church. It's a task that he's crystal clear about, a task that he's willing to suffer for, to work hard at, even a task that he's willing to give up his life for. Now, I do want to say, in some ways, Paul's unique. He's an apostle. Remember, he met Jesus face to face on the road. He was given that unique one off task of being a witness to Jesus throughout the ancient world. But the task that he's been given is not just a task for Paul the apostle, it's a task for the whole church. Because Jesus, he is at the centre of everything that God is doing in the world. Everything that God has done. And that means that this task of proclaiming Jesus Christ is our task too. And so, like Paul, with God working in us, we work hard to proclaim Jesus Christ to all in order to present everyone mature in him. If we're going to say focus on this life or death urgent mission that God has given us, we need to hear this again today. So let's listen up. First thing we see is that Paul, like Paul, we proclaim Jesus Christ. It's right at the very heart of this passage. Paul's key statement in verse 28, Him we proclaim warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. The hymn Paul proclaims here is Jesus. Paul's whole mission is to proclaim Jesus Christ. But why does he say proclaim Jesus? Why wouldn't he talk about proclaiming the gospel? Or the good news? Or we'll talk about proclaiming God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Why proclaiming Jesus Christ? Well, it's all because Jesus is the center and focus of God's great plan of salvation. Jesus is at the center of redemptive history. This story about what God is doing and has done in the world is a story that's all about Jesus. That's what Paul was saying earlier in chapter 1. Let me just read to you a few verses of what he says from chapter 1, verse 15. He, that's God's Son, Jesus Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. See what Paul's saying? It's huge. He's saying that all of history is about Jesus, God's son. Creation is about him. He was there before creation. Everything that exists was made by him and it was made for him. And not only that, but he sustains all things. They all hold together in him. And salvation is about him too. He's the head of the church, his body. He's the firstborn from the dead so that he might be preeminent. He's reconciled to himself all things, making peace by his blood shed on the cross. See, from creation to new creation, God's great plan of salvation is centred on Jesus, God's son. Paul says it too in the passage we just read. He's suffering for the sake of the church because God has given him a mission, a message to proclaim. See it in verse 25. Of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations but now revealed to his saints To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery. We'll come back to that in a second. Paul's job is to make the word of God fully known. And what is that word? Paul says it's a mystery. Now, when the Bible uses the word mystery, it doesn't mean something strange or mystical that we can never understand. It's more like how we use the word when we talk about a murder mystery. At the beginning of the story, it's all a mystery. We don't know what's going to happen. But by the end of the story, everything has been revealed. We know the answer. When the Bible talks about a mystery, it's talking about something which was hidden, but is revealed. The Word of God is a mystery that was hidden, but now revealed. Hidden for ages, but now revealed to His saints God has made known to them how great are the riches of the glory of this mystery. But what is it, Paul? You keep building it up. What is this mystery? See the last part of verse 27, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The word of God, this great mystery, is all about Jesus Christ. Paul packs so much into these few words. We won't do it justice today, but remember that Christ isn't just Jesus' last name. It's a title. It means God's promised king. The one God promised would come and rescue his people, Israel. The one who will rule forever over all things. And Jesus is this king. And the mystery is that now, through faith in Jesus Christ... Christ, the promised King of the Jews, is now in the Jewish and Gentile believers in Colossae. In fact, Christ is in all those who believe around the world. See, through faith in him, Jews and Gentiles alike are joined to Jesus. He lives in us by his Holy Spirit. And so we get to share in everything that is his because of his death and resurrection. Forgiveness, adoption, eternal life, the sure and certain hope of future glory with him when he returns to set all things right. They are ours because we're joined with Jesus in faith and he is in us. See, Jesus Christ is the great mystery of God. Hidden for ages past, now revealed, so that through faith in him we might have sure hope. Paul says the same thing in chapter 2 as well. See why Paul struggles for all the believers in verse 2. That their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. See, in Colossae, there are these false teachers getting around trying to lead God's people astray. They're trying to tell them that Jesus isn't enough. There's more to be discovered, more to to learn. They're leading them astray with fancy philosophy and human traditions, or trying to anyway. Traditions about certain things you can eat or drink or special days to celebrate. But Paul's having none of that. See, he's saying all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are found in Jesus Christ. You don't need more than him to know God or to live for God. If you have faith in Jesus, you have it all. That's why Paul's whole mission is proclaiming Jesus Christ. Jesus is at the centre of God's whole plan of salvation, from creation to Jesus' death and resurrection to the new creation, when he sets all things right. It is all about Jesus. And so proclaiming Jesus is our mission too. When Jesus sent the disciples out to make disciples by proclaiming this good news in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth... He was setting the outward trajectory of the church. We are always to be proclaiming Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth until he returns. That's our task. Now we read verse 28 before, but just look at it again and notice a couple of things about how Paul does this. First, notice that he's proclaiming Jesus to everyone. You see it there twice, three times? He's warning everyone and teaching everyone to present everyone. Now that includes people who haven't heard yet. For Paul, this was the Gentiles. He was constantly planning and scheming and working hard to proclaim Jesus in places where no one had heard about him yet. And it makes sense, right? Because Jesus is reconciling all things to himself. Through the cross. Jesus is the promised king, not just of the Jews, but for the whole earth, for all those who trust in him. And so Paul's going out and proclaiming it. For Paul, that's the Gentiles. For us, it's our neighbours. For our family who don't know Jesus, our friends, the people we meet at the shops, the other parents at school, our work colleagues, the people who live around us, wherever we are, who don't yet know Jesus. Jesus. Our mission is to be proclaiming Jesus Christ to everyone. We must not lose sight of that. But everyone includes Christians too. See, the good news of Jesus is not something that you hear and then move on from when you trust in Jesus. It's something we all need to keep hearing over and over and over again. So Paul is proclaiming Jesus in places where no one has heard about him, But he's also writing letters like Colossians to proclaim Jesus Christ to people who already know him. He's proclaiming Jesus Christ to all. And that's our mission too. Not just proclaiming Jesus Christ out there, but in here. To be speaking the gospel to each other every chance we get. To be singing it together. To be reading God's word together and seeing how it shows us more about Jesus and what he's done. To be praying in response to the gospel. It's what we're doing when we meet here every Sunday. We do it during the week in our growth groups and in youth group and in St John's Kids. We do it on our own as we read the Bible and pray and we do it together when we meet. For Paul, this includes both warning and teaching. Warning that because Jesus Christ is Lord, because he's sighed for our sins and risen again, God calls everyone everywhere to repent. He's coming again to judge the living and the dead. And in his mercy, we have a chance now to repent and to trust and find hope in him. He's warning that following Jesus is costly. It will mean turning away from sin. Sin that you might enjoy. It will mean being willing to give up everything else, but it will be worth it. And teaching. Teaching about who Jesus is and what he's done. Teaching about all Jesus has commanded us to do in response to what he's done for us. Teaching about how Jesus reveals God to us. This is our mission too. We're proclaiming Jesus Christ to each other and to those who don't yet know him. Proclaiming Jesus Christ to everyone and all this has one great goal. Paul says it at the end of the verse to present everyone mature in him. See it there at the end of verse 28 that we may present everyone mature in Christ. See Paul's goal, it's not just for people to hear and to believe, Of course he wants that. The goal is much greater. It's maturity. It's to present everyone mature in Christ. You see, Paul, he is fully aware of the reality of Judgment Day. There is a day coming when Jesus will return, when all the dead will be raised, and everyone will stand before Jesus as the judge to give an account of his or her life. It will happen to you, And it will happen to me. Paul's goal is to present everyone before before God on that day as mature believers who trust in Christ Jesus and are in him through faith. Paul knows that not everyone will believe. He has no delusions about that. But he's proclaiming Jesus Christ to everyone, to Gentiles and Jews, Christians and not yet Christians, young and old, men and women, slave and free, warning, teaching, proclaiming, all with the goal of seeing more and more people grow to be more and more like Jesus. For Paul, there are always more people who need to hear the gospel. He never says, yeah, that'll do it, that's probably enough. Uh, The building is full? That will do. We've reached enough people with the gospel. No, Paul's not just looking in at the people who believe now. He's looking out at the mission field. The job isn't done until everyone has heard. Everyone has believed. Everyone has grown to maturity. So he even writes letters like Colossians to a church that he's never visited because he's looking to present everyone mature in Christ. What does this maturity look like? Well, it means understanding all we have in Christ and living it out in every part of our lives. It's growing to be more like Jesus in every part of our lives. He spells this out a little in chapter 2, verse 2. He's struggling for them so that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, To reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery which is Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. See, maturity will mean being encouraged. Encouraged means being spurred on, filled with courage to live for Jesus. It's not a soft word. It's about being filled with strength for the Christian life. Maturity will mean being knit together in love. See, Christian maturity is not a single-player game. It's a multiplayer game. It's meant to be something that is lived out in community, in close, loving relationships with each other, knit together in love for each other because of Jesus' love for us. Because in Him, we've been united together as His people. Maturity also means having the riches of full assurance. This is knowing the sure hope of glory we have in Christ, being sure and certain of our relationship with God through Jesus. Assurance is a wonderful gift because it means not being afraid or anxious that we aren't good enough for God, but resting in what Jesus has done for us. This assurance, it comes from knowing and understanding God's mystery, Christ. All that God has done for us in Jesus, his promised King. Maturity will also mean having a solid understanding of what God has done for us in Jesus so that we're not led astray. See it in verse 4. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments, for though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Thing is, we might hear some really good-sounding arguments <coughs> that would lead us astray from following Jesus. That's why we need to keep proclaiming Jesus Christ and hearing about him from each other. Through the rest of Colossians, Paul keeps painting a picture of maturity. It looks like holding fast to Jesus, setting our minds on things above not on things below, putting off what is worldly and sinful and putting on what is godly means loving one another, speaking the word of Christ to each other, teaching and singing. It will look like godly relationships in the family with husbands and wives and kids and parents. Maturity will look like living out godliness in every part of our lives. That's Paul's great goal. And it's our goal too. To present everyone mature in Christ. And our task won't be finished until everyone is there. It won't happen in this life. We will all keep growing in maturity until we die or until Jesus comes back. You'll find this all through our mission, values and vision. Uh, we've said that we value being a healthy, growing church. God maturing us in Christ's likeness and equipping us for service. We want to grow as mature disciples in our relationships, in our suffering, in speaking the truth in love to one another. We want to be training and equipping everyone to use their gifts and abilities to serve one another in love and to go out into their communities with the gospel. Paul's goal is our goal too. But don't miss the how. Paul's aim is to present everyone mature in Christ. But he works towards this by proclaiming Jesus Christ. See, the good news of Jesus is not just the way we get into the Christian life. It's how we grow in our Christian lives. It's the only way we grow to be more like Jesus. It's hearing Jesus proclaim to us and proclaiming him to others. And the only way we can grow as a church family or to help others grow in maturity in Christ is by proclaiming Jesus Christ. This goal, maturity for everyone in Christ Jesus, it seems impossible, right? But our task is simple. We are to proclaim Jesus Christ with the goal of presenting everyone mature in him. It's a great task. A task that has eternal significance. A task that is urgent. And so it's a task that's worth working harder. That's the last thing we see. We're to be working hard as God works in us. We're nearly finished now. Looking back at at verse 24. Paul says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church. See, Paul is willing to suffer for the sake of God's people, the church. In fact, he even says he rejoices in his suffering because he knows that it has a purpose to present everyone mature in Christ. Now, Paul is not saying here that Jesus' sufferings weren't enough and Paul needs to fix them up. That he's adding the last 10% to Jesus' 90%. That's not what he's getting at. Earlier in chapter 1, he just said that Jesus made peace by the blood of his cross. Jesus' death was enough to reconcile us to God. But there's more to do in proclaiming this good news of Jesus, this good news of Jesus' finished work, to the ends of the earth. Proclaiming Jesus to everyone will mean more hard work, more trouble, more suffering until Jesus returns. Suffering that Paul is willing to endure. He says it in verse 1 of chapter 2 as well. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and all who have not yet seen me face to face. Paul struggles. Literally, he has agony for the sake of the believers in Colossae and Laodicea. And he's never even met them. He doesn't know them except that they're fellow believers in Jesus. And so he agonises, he struggles, he works hard to proclaim Jesus Christ so that they might grow in maturity. It doesn't get much clearer than verse 29. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. See, proclaiming Jesus Christ is a matter of eternal consequence. It's a matter of eternal life and death. And so it's something worth working hard at. It's worth spending our lives on. It's worth being tired, being busy, late nights and early mornings. It's worth suffering for. Like all those who have gone before us, like Paul, who face suffering and struggle and even death to proclaim Jesus Christ. But it's worth it. Because we are proclaiming the good news of a great Saviour. One who gave up his life for us. One who offers salvation and forgiveness to all those who turn to him in faith. One one who will one day return in glory to judge the living and the dead. Are you willing to work hard for this? Are you willing to spend your life for this? Because it is worth it. But maybe as you hear this, you feel guilty. Maybe you feel overwhelmed. This is a huge task. You're not even sure you're up for it. And all of this sounds way beyond you. And I'm really glad you feel like that, because I certainly feel like that often. And maybe like me, you look at this mission, values and vision that our our vision community has drafted and you get excited, but you're also overwhelmed. This sounds beyond us, beyond our church. That's why we need to notice the second half of what Paul says in this verse. Paul says he struggles with all his energy that he so powerfully works within him. All Christ's energy... That Christ so powerfully works in him. See, this great task was beyond even Paul. He couldn't do it himself. It wasn't about him being impressive. It was about God working in him and through him to proclaim Jesus Christ. And that's how we can do this. Not because we're great, but because we have a great saviour one who has been given all authority in heaven and on earth, a Saviour who works in us and through us to accomplish these great things, to proclaim Jesus Christ and to present his people mature in him. If you feel discouraged, be encouraged. If you trust in him, Jesus is working in you and through you to grow you in maturity and through you to grow others. This might be beyond you and me, but it is not beyond him. If you feel overwhelmed, know that God is not overwhelmed. He is working in you. And that's no excuse to be lazy. We still work hard, but we do it entirely by God's strength. Him working in us and through us to proclaim Jesus. So this morning... As we stop and we look at this mission, values and vision together, it is beyond each and every one of us. It is beyond our church family. It's a picture of a church family that's beyond what we can achieve on our own. It's something only Jesus can achieve in us. That he is working. As together we toil towards this, struggling and striving with all his energy that he powerfully works in us. It is easy to be sidetracked. Easy to get distracted with good tasks that aren't the great task that God has given us. So we need to keep coming back to this. Keep remembering and keep reminding each other. Together, let's focus again on the great task that God has given us. As together, with God working in us, we work hard to proclaim Jesus Christ to all, in order to present everyone mature in him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for your Son, Jesus Christ. When we were your enemies, you sent him to suffer and to die for our sin, to rise from the dead as a firstborn from the dead, so that he might have preeminence. We've seen this morning that all things were created by him and for him, that he is the one who suffered and died for us, and that he has made peace through the blood of his cross. He is worth proclaiming. Lord God, too often we get distracted from this great task that you've given us. Forgive us, Lord. Thank you that you are working in us by your Spirit please work in and through us so we might proclaim Jesus Christ to present everyone mature in him. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing together now. In Christ alone, our hope is free. Please stand and sing together. I hope this morning you've been encouraged and challenged by God's word, by Jesus, the one that God has declared to us, the one that uh, who all God's plan of salvation centres on him, the one who died for our sin to reconcile us to God. Uh, I hope too that uh, that, um, you are encouraged. If you're visiting with us this morning, we're really glad you're with us. Uh, Straight after the service now, we'll just have a couple of minutes if people want to shuffle out Uh, and then we're going to have our uh, our congregational meeting, our short meeting about our mission, values and vision. Uh, Clipboards will come around so you can mark your attendance. Um, There'll be an agenda that gets passed around as well so you can see what we're talking about. And, And if you haven't gotten one of those mission, values vision documents there's probably still a few spares in the foyer if you're visiting with us you are more than welcome to stick around for our meeting but you don't have to Uh, i believe there will be some um, bickies and things like that is that right Um, for after we're finished Um, and we would love it if you'd like to stick around we'd love the chance to get to know you over a cuppa and maybe over a barbecue lunch as well let me finish with these words from the end of hebrews